Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of High Action. This is episode 34 of our second season. My name is Perry Smith and very happy that all of you are joining us today. I'm alongside the members of the New West Guitar Group uh, out in Los Angeles. We got John Story. We've also got Will Brom joining us from Los Angeles. And I'm going to be leading the episode today from Brooklyn, New York. And today, fellas, we're talking about counterpoint. Sort of an intimidating topic, if I'm being honest. You really got to get those fingers moving in ways that sometimes they are not. And mm -hmm. I purposely put this one on the theme toward the end of our season because I wanted to give myself a little goal to really work on some things, uh, a carrot, if you will, to work on some contrapuntal ideas and share them with our community. So um, how are you fellows doing? John, doing well? Doing great, man. Yeah, just uh, enjoying this beautiful May day here in L.A. for sure. May day in L.A. And Will, what's new in Long Beach, man? Freshly back from tour last week where I got COVID, so just living the dream. Yeah. Uh, I am over it now, but I still can't taste or smell. So that's what's that's what's new. You can't taste or smell? No, I can't. Okay, well then your tasteless plane <laughs> won't be a problem for you. <laughs> Great. See what I did there? No, I'm just joking. Hey, I'm sorry you got COVID, man. I got it too. I got the Omicron about four or five months ago. Uh, has it... Has it affected you, like, other than taste and smell? Can, do you feel crap? Feel like crap? It it definitely put me out for a few days, but the thing is, is I was on tour. So you and, had to, you, had to uh, you know, the boss rolling. knew and everything. When we just, we just distanced. I got COVID, sax player got COVID, piano player got COVID. It was just like, you it was that tour. You guys had a COVID party. <laughs> yeah. It was... Yeah, well, that was where I, I the same deal with me. I got COVID on tour also yeah. and the whole band. It was like on, on ours. It was like sax player didn't get it. Organ player got it. I got it. Bass player got it. Piano player got it. But our drummer didn't get it. <laughs> so, well, now the trio has herd immunity. So we're all good. There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, unless the next wave comes along. So before that, we better uh, we better get some counterpoint under our fingers. There we go. However, before we jump into the nitty gritty on this episode, I just want to shout out uh, one of our longtime partner and sponsors uh, of the High Action Podcast, and that is Henriksen Amplifiers. We love Henriksen. They've been a game changer for our group and the three of us uh, individually. Um, I just feel like the, the amps have a really kind of balanced tone. Um, they make primarily solid state amps based out in Colorado, and you can just you know, rely that your guitar, your, your box, especially a jazz guitar, can get a clear sound from these amps. It's not going to break up. Uh, they're reliable, they're uh, durable, and they're easy to carry. And they sound pretty good. You know, all over the guitar. So, yeah. Shout out to Henriksen. Check them out at henriksenamplifiers.com. We love those guys. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, getting right into it. Counterpoint, fellas. Um, I just thought I'd start out by just trying to define what counterpoint is. Um, in the simplest terms, uh, you're going to try to have two lines moving in opposite motion. 
All right, so what that essentially means is uh, one line that is ascending on the guitar while another line is descending. It could be at the same time, it could be alternating. Um, whatever kind of contrapuntal motion you're achieving, the idea is that you kind of have things going in opposite directions. And it's tricky on the guitar because we're dealing that we're dealing with that with essentially just our left hand. Uh, on the piano, it's really easy to do counterpoint. You know, you just do your chopsticks going in opposite directions. But on guitar, these things are a little bit more complicated. So I thought we'd start out by just um, doing an exercise where it's kind of like a game where we divide the guitar into uh, two separate voices. Okay, so um, for the listener, you can try this at home as well. Uh, for people that are following us on Patreon, you get to actually see us doing this. That's going to be a great benefit for our Patreon community. So I'm going to start this out, and I'll give an example of this, and maybe the two of you guys can try this as well. But essentially, the top three strings are going to be one voice. The bottom three strings are going to be another voice. And however you end your phrase on uh, either set of strings, you have to start your phrase going in the opposite uh, direction. So for example, and a really simple example would be, if I'm starting here at the third fret on the high E string and I go, then my response on the low three strings needs to start descending. Okay, mm -hmm. that's kind of the game. And you don't have to stay descending. Uh, you could then turn it to an ascending phrase on the low three strings. So like, see how I ascended there toward the end then my next phrase on the top three strings needs to be descending. Okay, so that's the game. A call and response between the high three strings and the low three strings where you're trying to establish contrapuntal motion between the two separate voices. Uh, I'll try this out on a C minor blues to start and uh, we'll see how it goes. Two, one, two, three. So that just kind of gets me warmed up thinking in a contrapuntal way. And you'll notice that it was more of a call and response game as opposed to me kind of using um, these lines at the same time in motion. But one thing I was trying to do was uh, sus sustain certain notes. So if I had a low note ringing out like a bass and I was trying to hold that for as long as I could while starting another line on the top three strings that was going in an opposite direction. Or vice versa, if I had a high note uh, ringing out on the top string, like I would try to hold it to um, add some, you know, sort of richness to the sound that I'm um, trying to achieve here. Uh, do any of you guys want to try this little game, this little exercise? 
Yeah. You don't have to play it over a, over a form. You can play it free. But just see if you can get into it. Will, are you going to jump into it? I'm going to do a C minor blues, though. I think that is a great idea. Okay, go for it. All right. One, two, one, two, three. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, and you know what? Maybe I'll try one, also C minor blues, but a little bit more free with the time and more sustained where each voice is being held out um, as I move from one to the next. So this this, this cool. is kind of, I guess, maybe more Jimmy Weibel-esque. You know, when you think about the way that Jimmy Weibel wrote, he wrote so many cool contrary, like, ideas. Mm-hmm. All those kinds of ideas. Yeah. So if I think about a blues, let's see here. Um something something like that i guess <laughs> it, it's kind of like a bit of a of a mind fuck at first you know when i was first trying out this exercise because it, it kind of like adds this other dimension that you have to think about about like okay a line going uh, ascending followed by a line that's descending and it kind of forces your fingers to get into some weird places one little tip that i like to do is changing um the finger that I'm fretting a note on to open up more possibilities. So do you guys ever do that? Like if you say you've fretted a note on your pinky and you just switch it to your third finger. Oh yeah. You know, or maybe say you're the opposite. You fret it with your first finger, like, you know, and then you change it to your pinky. That's a good trick that can open up a lot of contrapuntal uh, possibilities because mm-hmm. You know, it's a fingering issue. <clears throat> That's what she said. It is oh, a finger. <laughs> it is a fingering issue, though, on the guitar, and we just have so many uh, things that we have to deal with, and that actually segues my my little immature joke segues very clearly into the next exercise that I wanted to try, which is when you're trying to get contrapuntal motion into your playing, it is really important to just address 
some finger patterns that will help you get that contrapuntal motion going. So let's just all try these. These are pretty simple. Start with your first finger on the third fret of the high E string and mm -hmm. your pinky on the sixth fret of the B string. Now, if you're mm -hmm. moving those lines in contrapuntal motion, meaning that the B string is going down and the E string is going up, you're starting with pinky and first finger. Your next move should really be pinky going up to, uh, pinky, sorry, pinky going down to second finger on E and first finger going up, sliding up to A flat. Because then that can follow your first finger and your third finger, and then that can follow your first finger and your pinky. So just that, that little finger pattern opens up so much in the way of half step motion. Does that make sense for you guys? Will, you wanna try that? Looks like you've got, already got that going. Yes, exactly. Very nice. And Would you can you try it on any string scale? set, any set of strings too, right? There you go. Right. Yeah. 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 Great one. So that really helps. And, you know, um, then I was thinking, okay, how would I apply that to uh, a song or like a 2-5? Like, let's, let's pick, let's be an E minor now, right? So say I'm playing an E minor and I want to try to add that little phrase, that little motion of the pinky going to the... Uh, second finger and the first finger going to the first finger and the third finger going back to uh, the pinky and first finger. So say I'm playing E minor blues. See, it's really easy to kind of just input that in. Now, that felt a little forced to me, uh, but I wanted to kind of show the idea of just how to use those little that little motion in playing a tune and playing some time. Do any of you guys want to try that, that little move over some time? Yeah. Um, yeah, and even if you think about it against non-consecutive strings, too, you know? Exactly. That's it. You. Once you get a little wider, then... I guess you have more options in a lot of ways you do you know i i really think um, using that second finger on the bottom following the pinky is the move because then it sets up third finger yeah right yes yeah 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 so And just developing that, that idea where, again, say your first finger is on the third fret of the high E string and your pinky is on the B string at the sixth fret. Uh -huh. Your next move is first finger and second finger. And your second finger is on the, yeah. the B string. And then your first finger and third finger when your third finger is on the high E string. And then first finger and pinky. And just that... That can be your friend for counterpoint. Will, you want to try something like that with the half uh, steps? Before I do that, I, I was curious if, have, have you tried running it through a scale linearly? Like like if, if we take E minor, yes. we start there, 
th there would have to be more than four notes for it to right and then there would be yours yeah and then but then it gets chromatic out of or I, i'll try it but I, even just that like, you, you don't have to keep them in half steps but even just that yeah. move of you know where you're going pinky uh followed by uh pinky and first finger followed by first finger and second finger because mm -hmm. it opens up your hands to that that blossoming motion yeah can you do that again so it could be anything right it doesn't have to start in like, that's starting in, mm -hmm. in in half steps but it could be starting here right and uh, uh -huh. in a whole step but give it a shot e minor blues or just anything i'll go with anything yeah <laughs> less <laughs> less rules Right there. there it is so yeah I, I just encourage you guys when you make that move from like pinky to first finger the next move should be your second finger on the line descending from your pinky because it opens up your third finger to get that possibility of the, of the if, if you use third finger then it's a lot harder to jump because you're taking your third finger off the descending line to get it to the higher line mm -hmm. so like she said that's it's a, a great exercise issue. okay <laughs> like she said. Question. Um, I wanted to bring up the melodic minor scale and the way, a really cool way that it basically harmonizes in itself in a counterpoint way. Yeah, uh, yeah. For show ease me. of position, let's take G harmonic minor. In the traditional sense, where ascending its, um, excuse me, ascending its melodic minor, and then yeah. it would descend as natural minor. If we play that starting in the middle, the, the middle D string is kind of like the ideal counterpoint spot because you have the most range below and above. So I'm going to descend natural minor and ascend um, melodic. Yeah, that's pretty. So you're descending natural minor and ascending melodic. So you're going, mm -hmm. um, that's your first move, right? Yep, yep. And then you're going to here. Yep. And then you're going to here. Mm-hmm. Right? And then, uh... Yep. Yeah. yeah. And it harmonizes with itself. It kind of makes perfect sense why that is a thing. The yeah. ascending versus descending. Totally, and and, yeah. and working out that pattern in your fingers because again we're we're developing muscle memory for a lot of these moves. Like John busted out the Jimmy Weibel move, and that's something that his fingers have like remembered, and there's memory in his fingers for that. Okay. So that kind of segues into the next exercise a little bit, which was instead of trying it in half steps, try a lot of these moves in whole steps, right? So say you're doing something like I got my first finger at the fifth fret on the high E and my pinky on the D string at the uh, eighth fret. 
So instead of moving, sorry, in half steps, okay, we try moving in whole steps. You know, and then you open up lines like that for yourself, right? But again, these are finger patterns that um, you can kind of stay consistent with, right? Depending on where you're doing them. So that would kind of be like a 12-tone thing. In a sense, yeah, but it's just counter, it's just yeah. contrapuntal motion because you have two lines going in different directions. And, mm -hmm. you know, the possibilities then start to really unpack themselves and are endless. It's like you got half-step motion, you got whole-step motion. You could combine that, the half-step and the whole-step motion, which would then really start to be a mindfuck on you when you've got you know, one line going up in half steps and another line going down in whole steps. You can, I mean, you can take any interval from here. You could try them in minor thirds, which would be even a bigger stretch. But what you start to get into are some of the same finger patterns that you realize, you know, that right. at least I hadn't been that hip to before I started working some of these things out, you know? And then trying to figure out like how these things apply to harmony. Um, mm -hmm. So those are a couple different exercises to try with your first finger and your pinky on the left hand, really just trying to establish, you know, the finger pattern that you need to execute this stuff. That whole step one is pretty gnarly. That's yeah. definitely... And try them on different string sets, like, uh, yeah. let's see if we can try it here. Let's see if uh, this might work. Let's see. Oh, that one sounds good, yeah. I like that one. You know, so you kind of like start to feel the same patterns in your fingers and the same moves in your fingers. So that's why I'm, I'm mm -hmm. really suggesting like working out the fingerings on these things because it'll develop that kind of memory in your fingers but you know there's so much counterpoint that we probably do that we're not even thinking about when we're playing um and like one example i thought about is a is a move that i do a lot like it's over a d minor two five kind of here in the in the uh fifth fret position where i'm doing uh like an a minor uh flat nine chord like this going to this chord I mean, that's counterpoint, right? Because you've got the lower, the lower note and the higher note going in opposite motion. Okay, and this is also counterpoint if we keep unpacking this. You know, and then lines like this. Yeah. That's all counterpoint, right? And these are probably things that we've been doing that we don't even necessarily realize, right? That's over a minor 2-5. Here's counterpoint over a major 2-5 that we do. We probably don't even realize. Here's a stock G minor voicing. Right? And if you add that in, I mean, that's counterpoint, right? You know, and then if I'm down here, I can get a similar kind of counterpoint here. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to go up to here. Let's get this. Sorry. And then I'm down here. You know, all that stuff is counterpoint. And so there's little ways that we're already doing these things uh, in our playing that we may not even realize. And one thing I, I did realize when I was trying to break this down was that 
a lot of the motion that I'm dealing with is my elbow going out versus going in. And what, what's happening there is my pinky and my first finger are kind of shifting positions. So whenever you're doing a move like this, where your pinky is lower than your first finger, and then you turn it around till your pinky is higher than your first finger, you're essentially playing counterpoint, right? So I thought mm -hmm. we could try something like that, where we're just sort of moving the elbow out when the pinky is higher and then moving it in when the pinky is lower. Maybe you guys don't have to move your elbow, but for me, like if my pinky is, is higher, I generally move my elbow out, my left elbow out. I don't know about you guys. Interesting. Yeah, Will's kind of doing it a little bit there. You see what I'm saying? But mm -hmm. that motion kind of like gets your fingers moving. Like I'll try a little thing over D minor here, like one, two, three, four. something there you guys want to try sort of an off-the-cuff contrapuntal thing where you're not really thinking about uh, anything but just getting that elbow motion and getting that that pinky to kind of uh, flip-flop with the where the first finger is I think that's so much of it yeah yeah interesting no no takers well you know I was gonna comment too. do you guys ever ever actually um with the right elbow, do you ever push your guitar in or out? Because that's something I notice that kind of oh. helps me with oh, my Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that could be another way to get that same mm -hmm. feel, I guess, yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's because, um, I don't know, maybe it's because I've, I've, uh, I've, I've practiced so much sitting, <laughs> and I should practice more standing, but... I've always I've I don't do a whole lot of elbow rotation in the in the left arm. I, sometimes I'll bring my thumb around the side of the neck if I need to get my pinky up higher. That's that's interesting though. I think today when I practice, I'm going to check that out, Perry, because I've never I haven't thought about that a whole lot about that elbow joint on my left arm moving in and out more for that. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it much before either. But then trying to break this stuff down, I was like, oh, that's the sort of the motion that I'm doing. And it's not an extreme motion with the elbow, but it, it definitely happens. Um, yeah. So yeah, these are just little things that I've uncovered while trying to investigate this topic of counterpoint. Um, I want us to get yeah. to play a couple of tunes where we're doing this a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, but the thing I did want to mention, that, and John's talking a little bit about this with some of the things that happen on the right hand, but... Um, it's hard to do counterpoint fully if you're just using a guitar pick. It's not impossible, right? Like this is all with a pick. But if you have some kind of hybrid technique or you're using your fingers, it becomes a lot easier. Um, and I started thinking about ways of like doing that um, over like a two, five and F, you know, like say, take a lick like two, three, four. something like that you really can't do that without a hybrid technique or if you do a lick like you know and things like that you can kind of bounce the pick off the finger or vice versa right. and yeah john do you want to get into anything about the right hand when it comes to getting counterpoint well a couple things you know 
a guitar player we haven't talked a lot about on High Action, and I feel like did a lot of this, was Tal Farlow, yeah. actually. And, like, when he played, you know, Tal was nicknamed the octopus because he had, like, the longest hands ever and the <laughs> longest fingers. And you could really see it with his hand, how he play from the joint with the pick and then really play with the fingers and play with the joint into his hand. And it's kind of weird to try it, you know, but you're, like, you're, you're trying to get, like, a, a really good attack with the pick. And then you're trying to get a good, clean follow through with the pick, with the finger that mm -hmm. you're using the nail with. You know? Like I, it's it's hard for me to do it and keep my wrist in one place. Yeah. But that's the that's the challenge for guitar players is that if we're gonna do hybrid picking, you want to make sure that the pick isn't overpowering your fingers. Um, right now, I don't really have very many nails. I cut all. I, I trimmed them all off last week. But like, it's. That's to me the biggest challenge is with the hybrid picking, getting the pick to match the fingers. And all I can tell guitar players, I tell this to my students a lot, and I think we talk a lot about it on the road when we're playing parts in New West where there's a lot of finger picking. Man, you got to make sure that you're really playing from the joint of your finger because if you if you play from the tips of your fingers like this, you're you're it's going to sound thin. And it's not going to really get a clean attack against the string. And so, you yeah. know, practicing counterpoint with a hybrid pick. So here it is without a pick. Just playing randomly here. And I'm switching between my thumb, my first, and my middle finger. use that with the pick now I'm doing middle finger third finger with pick without the pick yeah. so that's my goal is to get those when I'm using just the fingers to sound consistent and then when I'm using the pick the fingers to sound consistent too I, I just have to lighten up a little bit with the pick and pick more flatly against the string versus at an angle you know i don't know these are some things i've found that help with hybrid hybrid picking in general yeah lightening up on the pick is definitely a good thing um i've been trying to establish the hybrid picking technique for a while and i noticed that in earlier recordings um speaking of studying recordings that's a topic we're going to be discussing next week but upon reviewing that i remember thinking oh my pick is overpowering the fingers and so yeah definitely getting the nail to uh help with that on the um, the middle, uh, the ring, and your pinky can can really right. assist in getting more tone from your fingers, and it's just like you're saying, John, a, a lighter attack. And you know, when you're when you're trying to add more counterpoint into things, it can just be little moves too. Like say you're in C minor, right? You're improvising, and then mm -hmm. you know. things like that it's not a lot right it's just little moves kind of here and there that I think add like um, interesting uh, emotion to your playing I would say uh, I want to try a couple tunes now um, will do you want to start us out by playing a song where you've got some counterpoint sure. in it yeah well I think <clears throat> jazz tunes are such great vessels for counterpoint especially just because of the circle of fourths and all that yeah um i've been working on this um horace silver tune called incentive 
and there's a lot of space for counterpoint. So I'm, I'm gonna probably keep it quarter note based just to really keep keep myself in a controlled environment. And I'm just gonna start here, so. cycling through but yeah. hopefully you could kind of hear the harmony through that yeah definitely and and just hearing some of those lines going in contrary motion that's that's the big kind of theme and and, and goal for today so yeah nice yeah yeah and you know i think guitarists who do this awesome or you know i think john stoll has always done this really well uh lenny bro um ed bickert you know this guy, Cal Collins, um, I always thought he, he did this kind of thing really well. Yeah. And, and, of course, the great George Van Epps, you know, I mean, he was... And using open strings, I mean, um, to get that sustained, Bill Frizzell is a genius at that. And what you were talking about in the earlier episode, Perry, about switching fingers mid-phrase so that you keep a note kind of, pe you know, pedaling yeah. in a way. Frizzell does that a lot. All those yeah. great clips of him on Fretboard Journal, you really see how he how he does that, and it's it, it makes it sound so pianistic. Yeah. One of the tunes I love practicing this kind of playing over is All the Things You Are, because it's such a cycle of fourths yeah. progression, you know? So I, maybe I'll give that one a shot here. man yeah it's it's just a nice way to focus your playing on like something something specific you know like uh and i think that's that can bring out at least for me it's brought out like new qualities in my playing um so that's the cool thing about this podcast is it gives us a chance to kind of like focus on some things that then we can add to our playing and i hope the listeners are are feeling the same way uh hopefully everybody's learning something in this community each each week all right let me try a tune here um this is it's all right with me so i can pull this off mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So a lot of that was worked out. Um, I'd say maybe 75% of it, which is part of the reason why I haven't done uh, a lot of counterpoint in the past, because I remember when I heard people early on playing in really contrapuntal ways, it felt very worked out. Like I won't name any names necessarily, but I remember thinking, oh, it seems a little, a little contrived. Like it's, it's not improvised, you know, that's always been my goal. But I think what was short-sighted about that thinking is that the more you work stuff out, at least it gives you the possibility of improvising that way, which I think is the goal, at least for me. Um, so yeah, some of that was worked out, but some of it was improvised. And I think my goal going forward is to try to make those moves feel more spontaneous and make them feel more in the moment, you know? Um, but yeah, that's something I'm still kind of working towards. Uh, cats, any questions, any comments, concerns before we wrap this contrapuntal episode up? Well, you know, as always, I think the three of us are really curious for the folks who are listening um, to what you guys are doing with your practicing. And um, if anybody wants to share a sound clip, you know, be sure to post it up on Instagram and tag High Action Podcast. We'd love to check it out. We'll share it on our story. Um, so if you're practicing contrapuntal playing this week or if this inspires you to try to something do something different with your practicing, um, don't forget to share it on your social media. Tag us and we'd love to check it out. Yeah. And, and lastly, thank you for everyone on Patreon. Be sure to give us some comments on the videos you're seeing and any questions that you have, uh, be sure to let us know. We really appreciate those people supporting our community directly. And, um, next week we're going to be talking about studying your recordings. John's going to be leading that one. So tune in for that. And, uh, yeah, we want to thank everybody again, John will have a good day. And uh, let's practice those counterpoint lines. What do you say? Here we go.